Welcome to Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson, the podcast where we head down the road of the supernatural and beyond. So sit back and hold on as we take a ride together to what lies in the unknown and beyond the veil. Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson presents guest host, Dr. Simeon Hine. Dr. Simeon Hine examines critical new scientific findings in coherent energy matter and how these ideas help explain seemingly paranormal phenomena like space-time anomalies and orbs seen around creatures such as Bigfoot and other mysterious cryptids. He came across the idea of remote viewing in 1996 and took training while a skeptic. The results of the training were surprisingly positive and convinced him that there is a large area of scientific knowledge that is being withheld from public discussion. Subsequently, he established the nonprofit Institute for Resonance and began teaching remote viewing classes in Boulder, Colorado, and continues to teach online. He also became interested in the topics of pop circles, unexplained aerial phenomena, and extraterrestrials. And now your host, Daniel Jackson, with part one of Mirror Matter, Cryptids, and Other Realities. Hello, and welcome to Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson. Me, I'm your host, Daniel Jackson. Today we have a uh, Dr. Simeon Hine on the show. Dr. Simeon, how are you doing today? Or do you want me to call you doctor? You can just call me Simeon. It's fine, Daniel. Okay. Yeah. How, how's things going for you today? Going great. Yeah. yeah. What kind of what kind of doctor are you? I mean, I got this problem with my elbow. Can you fix that? Or is it something different? I'm a doctor piled higher and deeper. Oh, or okay. My former girlfriend used to say post hole digger. Oh. <laughs> I got really good at digging post holes. Did you? Did you? Uh, yeah, yeah, for her. But it's actually uh, sociology. My PhD is oh. in sociology. Oh, I'm kind of like a sociopath, but that's different. Uh, uh, so... well, we study we study people like you. So <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I'm, I'm sure somebody does, <laughs> but that's okay. So uh, yeah, give give my uh, my audience a a brief uh, summary of, of what it is that you do do. What what's your what's it come down to? Uh, I I was a statistics teacher for a long time in <clears throat> sociology. I uh, I I did that for a little while. Uh, I heard someone talking about remote viewing one day on my local radio station. I was uh, somewhat skeptical, but kind of curious at the same time because it had been part of a government program. I just figured the government. It's a little weird that government would be involved in psychic research. At the same time, they don't just fool around with things that don't exist. So there had to be something to it. So I got curious, what are they doing? Is there some machine you get hooked up to? You can see the future. Is it uh, like a kind of invisibility cloaking pill? I, I don't know. I was just curious and I took a class in it and I, I saw that you shoes, really right? you got results that you shouldn't get. And since getting involved with that, right. I got interested in crop circles uh, UFOs. These are all topics that are sort of part of these genres. You go to these conferences and you can't but help hear about other related topics. There's and a now, bit of everything. And now I'm an author and I, I have my recent book is Dark Matter Monsters about... Hey, cool. Look, I, it's Bigfoot. Yeah. About I like Bigfoot. Cryptids and why do we get paranormal related phenomena? I'm just using that word because sure. that's... Why do we get orbs and time slips and all sorts of strange experiences if Bigfoot's just a 
escaped gorilla or an undiscovered primate, why would you get orbs and balls of light around them so frequently? And, and that's what I've been looking at recently. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, if that doesn't sound like government shit right there, <laughs> I don't know what does. I mean, they uh, they hide a lot of stuff from us because they don't want us to know what's really going on out in that world. You know, they they want us to just think we should walk around and go to our jobs every day and take vacations and buy a bunch of crap we don't need. And that's it. But uh, uh, there's a lot more going on than just that. I, well, I, it's I, partly I, it's partly that, Daniel. But I mean, it's our it's our own cultural conditioning, too, even yes. if you took the government out of it. Brainwashed. We have, yeah, we have this Judeo-Christian ethic in the U.S. and the Western world, which tells us a certain story about the universe. <clears throat> yes. And uh, their version. Yeah, our version is that we're the sort of the apex of intelligence on the planet. And I'm really calling that into question. I'm just wondering whether there are other life forms around that really don't want to interact with us a lot of the time. It doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means we're not their first choice for interaction. But right. It doesn't mean they're not there. And I think if you look at the evidence around cryptids and other types of life and intelligence that people interact with, you just have to ask the question, are are we the apex of creation or could there be other apexes out there that think they're the apex, right? Uh, like the Sasquatch right. and that think we're the weird ones. And hey, we, I mean, that oh, guy have, can't be wrong. Right. I mean, he is the OG of off grid people. He, he, he knows how to keep away from us. Uh, I mean, so he, he sees us out here doing all the things that we do and has, and is looking at it and going, I don't want to be a part of that. So I'm not going to be seen. I mean, you have any you have any ever encounters out there where you are um no, no but my wife and i always talk about uh looking out here in arizona for chupacabras or something chupacabras, like that but, yeah. uh, but uh but we do have encounters out here um with what that you would call strange lights in the sky um and uh and some of this uh remote viewing as well uh, I have that as part of my ability, but uh, I don't have, I'm not, um, I wouldn't say I'm not in control of it. It just, I will just close my eyes and it just turns on and I'm other places. Um, but I, I have no notice sometimes like one, I remember a couple of years ago, I closed my eyes and it came on and uh, my, what I see it being as, is my consciousness is somewhere else. And, and so I was actually outside of my own home and I saw my car, my, my truck, my wife's car, uh, the kids down the street playing. And I saw a car go vroom past my house, but from inside my house, I heard it go room because I was in another room. So, so I, 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 it happens to me all the time. So I know it's real, but, but for, but for someone to, who it doesn't happen to is going to be skeptical of that because it's like anything else in this world. If you have a pain in your arm or your knee, you, you feel as though you're the only one who's experiencing it. And no one, everyone else thinks you're just faking until they actually go through it themselves. Yeah. We, we are all a product of our conditioning and yeah. uh, we're not just suspicious of these phenomena that we call paranormal. We're suspicious of everything that's, outside our culture yes uh we have to take classes to learn foreign languages <clears throat> yeah foreign customs seem weird to us yeah 
it's the function of our just the way we are as humans is to be very to really prefer things that are familiar and to find things that are foreign as a little weird and i i see the paranormal world as an extension of that it's not that these things don't exist or that it, it's not repeatable right uh, it, it is in its own way it's just that um well as your first statement kind of pointed out it doesn't take a lot for us to be more suspicious all you have to yeah. have is a little government disinformation yes yes pushing in that direction be it sasquatch or ufos i mean i you know i was in your state at one of the conferences the uh international ufo congress it was at fountain hills arizona outside of scottsdale oh yeah i've been up there on the reservation there and i interviewed uh i talked to richard doty that had worked in the air force as an air force disinformation agent and he doesn't oh, work for that them anymore. Guy, yeah i have seen him on the tv show yeah and I, I did an interview with him yeah i wouldn't trust that guy as far as i could throw well him. He's a different person now. I have to tell you that he's he's not employed anymore, and he uh, was very candid about what they do, how they did it, and they he he was very open. It's amazing, but this isn't the first time I've heard it from someone that works with the government that, that they had lots of money to give to journalists, yeah, to create stories, spin stories. <clears throat> and he said it was large amounts in cash, sure, that would be paid to sure. the news sources that we believe we can trust or we would like to believe we can trust and yet they're just taking money from the highest bidder to i mean it seems like a type of prostitution really they're just taking money and writing whatever the the donor is asking them to do and that would mean our sense of reality has been distorted and this has come up with these ufo hearings in congress uap ufo hearings uh it's not just that we're not getting the information that it's being withheld from us. It's that money has been spent in resources, as you know, and the listeners know, to yeah. create disinformation campaigns. So it's no wonder that we're all confused about all this because our own tax money has been going to confuse us. I mean, it sort of doesn't make sense what we've been doing to ourselves as a society. It's like, yes, you did not, you want it. Okay. I get, I get this, Daniel. There was a time, I remember this, where we used to, in school, go down and do duck and cover exercises, go down to the basement during these, you know, atomic drills where they would, you you know, right, because I grew up in the New York City area. It was a reasonable target, probably number one target for Soviet missiles. And we did these exercises. And I get, you know, I still remember as a kid going down into the basement to the bomb shelters or what would have served as a bomb shelter, you know. But uh, we don't live in those times anymore. And I can understand back then, maybe the government saying, look, we the, we, can't handle, we can't handle any more fear. We can't handle any more, uh, you know. Garbage. Yeah, yeah, there's so much going on right now in the cold where we don't want to scare people even more by talking about all these topics. But we're decades past that. Yes. What's the excuse now? Yeah. And I mean, nowadays, with all the uh, technology that they have and everything, we all know that uh, bomb, the yesterday's bomb shelter is not going to protect you from today's bomb. So, <clears throat> Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I get it with the whole disinformation. Not that this is a this is kind of off subject uh, way of putting things, but it 
kind of reminds me of something. I was a fan of, of you know the 80s and rock music and all that stuff. Yeah. And the rock band Kiss, you know, they wore the makeup. Sure. They sure. would pay the photographers to not take pictures of them without their makeup on so they could keep that mystique going. As well, this is what the government does. They will pay them to to and we are going to believe these news sources because of in the beginning, I mean, these are the only news sources we had beyond internet. So, of course, I was, you know, could, these are no, the that's people a good who tell you how to live your life the way they want you to live it. And yeah, yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah. yeah. I, I was amazed looking at an interview <clears> with Gene <throat> Simmons uh, recently, the, what you, the bass player from Kiss. He, he yeah. said that he, put, he still puts his own makeup on. I mean, they're still touring. Yes. Yeah. And he puts all that makeup. It takes hours. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and yeah, they were they were pretty big. I was never a KISS fan in that era because I was going more for some other bands. But it is a good point, is that that is entertainment. We know that they're not really, you know, demon god spitting blood. It's an act, right? right? It's right. it's theater, it's music, it's theater, it's drama, yes. it's what we go out to see when we go to a concert. It's fun. Yes. But, but we also get uh, disinformation from TV and movies as well, too. They want us to right. believe that all this stuff is scary and we should right. be involved. It's when in. we don't know that we're being disinformed. Yeah. That's that's the thing. When it's strange, and I'm afraid this is the situation we wound up in. We're yeah, still but, almost behind the Iron Curtain, it seems. Yes, and when, when it, we don't know, that means that they can do more stuff and they'll it'll keep, keep it hidden from us. Right. And uh, this is why we're having hearings right now. Uh, we'll see if it gets anywhere. I think we'd all like it to get somewhere in Congress about UFO, UAPs, you know, going back to your neighboring state, <clears throat> Roswell, and even earlier incidents. I mean, what was going on there? We know it wasn't meteor, you know, it's not meteorites, it's not weather balloons, no. it's not flocks of geese. So, what why are there so many witnesses, hundreds of witnesses in the military, in the neighboring areas in New Mexico that say they saw something that that was really anomalous and really strange, yeah. including the undertakers and, and the nurses? And why would all those people create those stories? Do they have nothing better to do than it takes energy to do interviews and to like we're, we had to set this one up. We had a slight time. Uh, misunderstanding or lack of knowledge, right? But <laughs> yeah. it takes it takes energy to do interviews and to do this. Why would hundreds of those people just do that? Don't they? When you have better things to do with your life than to make things up, and yet there's still no investigation of what what have we been encountering all these decades, and it's probably going on right now. And even last week, the Navy said to one UFO researcher, "We're not. It's classified. We're not giving you any more videos." Yeah, why why would they ask to have their lives inconvenienced when they right. know people are going to treat them differently once they exactly. do say something? Uh, this is what Travis Walton said to us. Yeah, at the International UFO Congress, at that that conference I just mentioned to you a few minutes ago up in Fountain Hills, um, he uh, they had a panel. The sheriff was on the panel from Snowflake. Uh, Travis's brother. And another, a neighbor, I think, and Travis. And what his brother said was very interesting. Such a good point. He goes, look, we grew up in a fundamentalist Christian community. This is the last story we would have invented. <laughs> we got hostility for years after yeah. that. It's a small town. 
There's no way in the world we would have invented a story like that unless you wanted to move the next day. I mean, what would be? Yeah, why would you? Exactly. Even moving wouldn't make it any different, any any better. You know, poor guy. Yeah, it's that's that's a uh, and I live um, so I live down here in Sierra Vista, but uh, do you know what's in Sierra Vista? The largest intelligence base in the United States for um, oh, is that Fork Fort Huachuca? Yeah, that's coming back to me because I yeah I know uh, people that served there. I know people that served there. It was intelligence, counterintelligence, all that good stuff. Yeah, do you know what they they you know what they uh, used to do experiments with down there? No, no, tell me. Yeah, uh, remote viewing. Oh, yeah, you know right. what else they used to do there, experiments on over there back in the sixties and seventies? There was some RV work going on yeah. there. Well, the people that I know who served there, who've told me what it was like, that's I'm glad you brought this up. Fort Huachuca, I remember that from my University of Arizona days. Uh, yeah, they people who are trained there told me the reason we don't have UFO openness and openness about these topics is because what they learned at Fort Huachuca, which is that loose lips sink ships. He said it's very hard to get over. He literally told me this. This is a former, you know, Pentagon official who served temporarily Secretary of Defense. And he said, listen, it's very hard for me to get over my training from Fort Huachuca because we're told from the moment we get there that what wins wars and keeps the country strong is secrecy. Is here. Exactly. And yeah. if, if if I'm it's it's not in my DNA anymore to talk openly about any of these subjects because you get it drilled into you for a year when you're there for counterintelligence training or intelligence or whatever you're there for training. Yeah, I have some friends who do that here who I've met through riding motorcycles and they don't say shit. No, because it's, <laughs> it's you know, it's it's so, <clears throat> it's so critical to any military is deception. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, we've seen this in the situation in Ukraine over the past two weeks. Yeah. It's it's essential that you keep your adversaries from knowing your intentions and your next move. And this is what they're taught from the moment they go to Fort Huachuca. Yeah. And it's these same people that we're asking now to open up about UFOs. And we're yes. asking them to do something that's the opposite of their training yeah. for decades, which is you don't say anything if you say anything people out in the field will die because of your... yeah it's like a trigger for them they know exactly as soon as they hear it they know exactly oh can't say nothing about that got to make up something else yeah the, not only were they doing the uh remote viewing here but uh, uh back in the 60s and 70s they were actually doing experiments on people like me on psychic mediums there experiments on them is that how you <laughs> ended up there yeah yeah that is how you ended up there uh well that's this i yes this is how i ended up here um um so uh i'm able to do something called channeling and four years ago uh i channeled with a a bunch of different mediums and every time something came through it always said that i was going to move out west from delaware and in the very beginning it was new mexico but then i was told a year a year ago it was going to be um um arizona so i asked my spirit guides where in Arizona? And they said, you'll know. And I said, okay. So the very next day I woke up, I told my wife, give me a map of Arizona. I'm going to see where we're going. And then I, I put the map in front of me. I, I closed my eyes, 
took my finger and started pointing thing at places. Now, when I get answers, I get touched on my face by them. And uh, across my forehead, any spot uh, is a yes. But when I get a, a no, it feels like a tear running down my face. So, and I feel this all day long. It never turns off. And uh, in the very beginning, it was two touches. Now I'm up to 38. Uh, and I know all the names of the ones who are actually touching me. So, uh, uh, but uh, when it's a no, it's just no. And so I kept uh, putting my finger on places and I get no, 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 no. Yes. We're moving Sierra Vista. And what's in Sierra Vista? Yeah. Fort Huachuca. And I will tell you about my experience with uh, Fort Huachuca after we get, the, get done this broadcast because I won't mention it on the air. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Men in black thing. But anyway, so uh, so uh, let's talk about some uh, sure. questions here. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Uh, what, what? Let's see. What, what happens? Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what often happens right before uh, uh, a Bigfoot encounter? And uh, uh, what what is it usually that, that, that goes on before someone has a, an encounter with, with Bigfoot? Right. right. It's a very interesting question. It's something that I came across <clears throat> many times in talking to people and reading about these encounters. And uh, it's a it's a sudden quiet. Uh, it just gets eerily quiet. Even the crickets stop chirping. This happens around UFO contactees, too. Yeah, same thing. Uh, different types of cryptid encounters, ghosts and haunted sites. And it seems to be indicative that we're dealing with another state of matter and yeah. our state of matter sort of gets sucked into it a little bit. It's right. There's a of, transition point, right? There's a transition. Yeah. That's a good word to use. There's a transition going on to another state of mind, another state of matter. And if the crickets can feel it, it shows us it's not just pure fear. Right. I doubt crickets are afraid of Bigfoot. No. Any more than they're afraid. There's so many of them, and they're so good at hiding their location by ch chirping all at the same time. No, it's a, it's a, they can feel it though. I think they can feel another energy, and it's a, it just feels different to them. And it's kind of like when it gets really, you know, uh, light out, and they don't feel like chirping anymore, and they're quiet again when it gets really right. bright. Um, it's that sense that they, they, they just sense it, you know, like when, when kids that, are at a rock concert and the lights go down, you say, oh, no, the band's coming on. So everybody goes quiet. Right. Right. You <laughs> have that feeling of anticipation yeah. before. Yeah. It, it was like Rocky Mountain Horror Show anticipation. Yeah. yeah you're uh, like, oh. It's like that a little bit. And yeah, kind of like. uh yeah, I mean, my first rock concert was Led Zeppelin. I saw them in Madison Square Garden in 77. That was my first. I started before the 80s. Uh, and uh, uh, that feeling, yeah, I think it's something like that. But it's interesting, uh, Daniel, that this happens around Bigfoot sightings. Again, right. the Why? theories people have heard, I've heard, you've heard for years from cryptozoologists. I'm not saying they're entirely wrong, but they just said it was a relic bipedal primate. That's just rare. There's only a couple thousand of them and they're, you know, in mountain ranges and we don't have contact with them. And they're just like an undiscovered animal. It's happened before, like the mountain gorilla or sea, uh, sea 
see uh, the the huge sea serpents and things like that that turned out to yeah, be sure. giants. Even with regular uh, animals as well, we see tigers all over the place, and all of a sudden, you know, not too long ago, white tiger shows up. How the hell does that happen, right? But just something right. we didn't know about. So that does happen. There are new <clears throat> species discovered. And yeah. I mean, it's reasonable with Bigfoot. The problem is it doesn't fit the evidence. The right. witnesses say it gets extraordinarily quiet. And that it's more than that. They will. And I haven't had this happen. And when I was at the University of Arizona, I would hike all over those mountain ranges. I came out to your area a couple of times, Cochise Canyon, uh, the uh, Mount Graham area. I went up yeah. there once to look at you know, the, the telescopes up there and stuff. And uh, I imagine it's probably closed off now. Back then you could drive up there. Uh, and uh, I've never experienced this, but what people say they experience is a, a growing sense of anxiety that turns to fear, that turns to a type of terror that sure. progresses past terror to a feeling like extreme sense of panic and i've spoken to people this has happened now this is not coming from a relic primate unless it has a special abilities like i believe it does that just is not your ordinary escape gorilla we're not talking about something you could see at the zoo i've never experienced this at the zoo <clears throat> this is a whole nother state of matter i think that these creatures are tapping into another aspect of reality that we're another well dimension. they might be familiar with it at fort wachuca we're talking about torsion fields and other types of energy that we know exists in the universe goes back to Paul Dirac, the, the quantum physicist that was interested in antimatter and, you know, particles that we couldn't see, but he said mathematically have to exist. Mirror matter. That's what we seem to be dealing with. Mirror matter with another type of gravitational set of properties. That's what it seems to me is going on because it's not just the sudden quiet. It's accompanied by your electronics frizzing out temporarily, your batteries draining, right? Or as one researcher told me, your car's starting by itself, just weird electrical phenomena. And this is right. what we see around so many of these different phenomena that you have to think it's probably the same phenomena. And if it's coming from an escaped gorilla, it's not an escaped gorilla. Right. Some, another you know, type of life form that we're not, well, we're not familiar with it, but it's not just because it avoids us. We, it doesn't fit in our Western sense of science very easily. Yeah. Just people, like quantum mechanics didn't for a long time either. Yeah. People want proof of things and they want proof that they, they don't want just proof of something that they can hold their hands, but they want something that is constant proof as well. And, and these types of events aren't right. constant. They're Even not though constant. they happen sporadically and you hear about the stories, but it's not a constant thing. And that's what, that's what's intrigues us, but that's what yeah. also brings that sense of uh, what the heck is going on here. Daniel, it's constant in terms of the symptomology. Yeah. Uh, when people encounter it, they encounter same the same thing over mm -hmm. and over again. They don't encounter the same Bigfoot. Right. There are many species because it varies. And I had some discussion <clears throat> online on a YouTube channel about this. They don't just look like the Patterson-Gimlin film, just a huge bipedal, hair-covered, ape-like humanoid creature with long arms that go down beyond the knees. Some of them, people say, look more like a caveman. 
Sometimes they look more like spider-like when they're on all fours crawling right. on the ground. They can uh, they can crawl on their belly if they want to really avoid you or sneak up on you. And then there's a feline version of Sasquatch. There's a lot of different types. We don't even know how to start this conversation. Yeah. And that's and where we're at. In it. As well as the different environments they are in as well. Like if they're in a cold based environment. Right. Well. They're, they're in your state too. And they're not just in mountains. They're out. People see them out. Uh, <clears throat> what was it the, the uh, there was an incident in your state in Arizona where these prospectors saw them. Uh, up in northern Arizona, there were I, there was only cactus up there as far as I could see. <laughs> yeah, was it the Kriber incident or something like that? I uh, I, I looked into that one. Uh, I've heard encounters from your state, and it, it can be in semi-forested areas, but we're not just talking about a creature that sticks necessarily around trees, mountains. They they can come down and they're going to go where they go to go. They go where they go, and so. So it's just a very interesting subject. There's a lot of variation, but what you're saying is essentially true, which is that, uh, and there's a name for this in statistics. I saw it come up with remote viewing recently. I forget the exact name. There's a type of a, a wobble in the data. It, it, you can't quite pin it down to a constant effect. It doesn't mean it's not happening. It's not saying very steady in your measurement system, but it doesn't mean in its own frame of reference it's not there it just means you're not getting good measurements of it right yeah i had, I had a guy show up in my uh in my facebook you know people show up in their facebook people maybe people you may know or something like that and it was this guy i can't remember his last name but his first name was paul um and he's a remote view guy and he teaches remote viewing and uh, <clears throat> so i i just contacted him i said yeah i got this going on and blah 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 blah, blah and i'm a medium and all this stuff i said and I said, yeah, I said, I, I live here in Sierra Vista. I said, you know what's in Sierra Vista? He said, yeah, Fort Wachuca. I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, I used to work there. I was in the service. I said, have a great day. Click. Because <laughs> I did not want to talk to that guy anymore. Because once Oh, I that was him, you were talking to Paul Smith. That's him. No, you could have talked to him. He gives public lectures. He's very open uh, about his experience. And he mentioned Fort Wachuca as part of his training. So he would have yeah. known your area. <clears throat> yeah, he said he worked there for 12 years. Told me, he said- 12 after, years, yeah. Yeah, one of his kids was born there. But uh, yeah, I mean, he gave me right. some information and stuff like that. But then when he said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I worked there and I worked there for 12 years. And like, <clears throat> I know exactly what they do over there. I said, oh, great. This is coming to an end with this conversation. Have a great day. Because so, <laughs> uh, of the experience that I had from there, uh, only being here maybe a month and a half, two months, and that's when I had the experience with them. So, uh, so it, when so as soon as I he told me he worked there, I was like, okay, I can't tell this guy anything more because if I do, my, my experience will happen again. It's happened a couple of times after that, but uh, I just don't pay attention to it anymore. But uh, but uh, yeah, I mean that's a there we we see um we see lights over the mountains all the time and they fly around i know it's not a weather balloon because we actually have a weather balloon that's right across uh, our as you go to the back end of our um development and then there's another development and then that's the field that's where the mountains are i mean the mountains are that close to us and uh, that's the army base they have it all it's like miles and miles of and there's a an, an actual weather balloon that goes up in the air. Now we know it's not a weather balloon. We know it's a it's got cameras on it, and they're checking the border and everything else that's going on. But uh, 
So I know those lights that we see all the time are not weather balloons because they they move in directions and stuff like that. There's no way it's a, a tethered weather balloon is going to do that. No, that, that reminds me of one of the stories that Richard Doty was involved with the Paul Benowitz case. Uh, because, uh, and that's, that, that Rick Doty described this. I mean, Benowitz was seeing, you know, a type of surveillance system they had at Kirkland Air Force Base mm-hmm. in Albuquerque. And Doty's job was to tell him that he was seeing UFOs because they didn't really want him to figure out what these were because they were part of the base security since yeah. it's a nuclear <clears throat> storage depot. And so... We see this balloon every day. Sensitive areas. They deploy yeah. systems like this, and some people think they, they're UFOs and Benowitz. Apparently, oh, no, you could tell this one's not a UFO because it's actually in the right, shape okay. of a blimp. <laughs> so it's and it's big and white. And I mean, it's only a couple thousand feet up in the air. And we actually see it come down when they when they're bringing it back in, and we see it go up when they're bringing it, putting it back out. But uh, yeah, you can tell it's a, it's a blimp, but it's not. It's not the lights. We actually, the 4th of July, we went up to uh, um, this one parking lot to watch the uh, fireworks. Half the people there were watching the fireworks. The other half of the people, one of the guys we were talking to, were watching the lights over the mountains. They went there specifically to do that. Mm-hmm. And we were, my wife was actually pointing out certain lights to the guy who was next to us watching the lights. He's like, oh, I didn't even see that one. Because <clears throat> we see drones all the time. These were not drones. They don't mm-hmm. move like drones. We have experiences here. Yes, it's very, very interesting. Because <clears throat> it's cool down here because they have a, they have a, well, part of it's cool. They have a low light law here where they're not allowed to have lights very bright. All right. the street lights are like, and there's not a lot of street lights. They're kind of orange looking. So there's not a lot of light coming off of it because they want to be able to see up into the, into the sky. Uh, but uh, right, right. The there bad part about Graham out there. Yep. Yeah, the bad part is there's no light. That's hard to see when you're driving. So um, people don't go out at night as much. But uh, but yeah, we see stuff about the mountains all the time, and it's just sure, sure. Yeah, crazy stuff. But, uh, crazy. but yeah, it does get to that point. What you're talking about is when that's when that happens, everything goes silent. Everything. And that's another thing. These symptoms seem to be clustered <clears throat> together. Yeah. And this is why, to me, it seems we're dealing with a fundamentally different type of matter, something that I call coherent matter. It's uh, of the fifth state of matter. It's beyond plasmids. It's an organized, self-organized, uh, toroidal type of shape, uh, organized plasmas. We're familiar with those from lightning and neon bulbs and, Frick. you know, aurora borealises are you know, glowing gases, ionized gases, those can become organized into a coherent form where all the particles have the same frequency. And when they become coherent like that, it can really do strange things to the existing matter, the the rest of us, the other 99%. It can do strange things to its environment, which is why I think a lot of these phenomena are connected. You get space-time slips that people experience. Yeah. Uh, people experience this around orbs and these type of light phenomena that are seen around Sasquatch and haunted sites and, and UFOs. You've experienced it. Yeah. So uh, when I found out uh, that I was going, I, so when I, 
at the time when I found out I was becoming a medium, because <clears throat> I've seen spirit my entire life, I just didn't know why. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when we're, I've seen so much, it's it just, you, you get used to it after a while. It's like, you know, when we're kids and mom and dad's pizza is green beans, and then 30 years later, you love green beans because you get used to it. So uh, I got analogies. And uh, so uh, so I was seeing these things all the time. So when, when, um, when I, when it was coming around the time for, for me to figure this out, my wife went away on vacation for two weeks out to California. And for those two weeks, I saw everything in my house imaginable you could think of that was in a scary movie. I saw, um, I saw the famed hat man come in my, in my basement. I was down in the basement with my cat and I said, come on, buddy, it's time to go upstairs. And he looked at me, he looked to his right. I looked to my left. And when I did, I saw a wall of black that just appeared in the middle of the room and saw a man walk out of it. And, he had the, the big wide rim hat and the black coat. And, and I couldn't see his face. I could just see his features. And then I, but he walked across the room. But when he did, the strange part, beyond that being strange, because it was, I'm just used to it. I just watched it. I didn't do freak out. I just did one of these, like, hmm, what's that? And, uh, and, uh, but when he was walking across the floor, he didn't have any feet. So, uh, and he was perfect stride. He just went right through the wall. I know being a spirit, uh, being a medium that, Ghosts don't walk through walls. They're just walking. That's also because <laughs> because this matter does, is no matter to them because it's not, you know, there's no physical matter to them. They just, they see the, the outside, like they see our bodies. When they see your body, they see you. They don't see your full body and everything. They just see your frame of your body and they see a light inside of you and not your soul. They know they're just like you, except you're attached to this meat suit. But yeah, I saw all these things in my house. So I, we had a paranormal group come to the house and they were doing all kinds of experiments. And one of them, there was a girl taking pictures and she was taking digital photos. And every time it was a picture of me with someone or by myself, I had like 15 or 20 light orbs completely surrounding me. And so, but a picture of anybody else, nothing. Like they would set up these little boxes with wires on them and little lights on them. And they said, I said, what's that? And they said, well, Spirit produce uh, static electricity. I said, what do you mean? He rubs my couch and he waves his hand over it and they all light up. So they put them all around the house. And then they said, where do you have experiences? And I said, well, everyone in the house. I said, well, let's go in the bedroom. I walk in the bedroom and every one of those boxes goes, lights up. And I turn around and look at them and they're looking at me. And I'm like, what the hell? And they're like, I don't know. They walk past nothing. <laughs> and that happened the whole entire time. And then they... um. They had a thing called a spirit box where they turned it on and they had me pretend I was sleeping in my room at nighttime. They did it all at nighttime. The, the best part about having them over was they were witnessing everything that I had been witnessing. And that brought me some you know, validation that I wasn't going crazy. So they come in with the box and they turn it on. And when they did, it starts spitting out words. It says, Wendy, Helen, Paul, Michael, unique, special, energy, light. And then one time it said the word road. It said in that computer voice, it went road. And when it did that, the car went mmm, past my house. And everybody was like, what the heck? And so then they asked the questions for 10 minutes. And for 10 minutes long, it answered. But the crazy part was, every time they asked a question, that they asked one question that said, are you here to harm Daniel? And then the voice came out and said, no, we are not here to harm Daniel. We love Daniel. We love Daniel's light. Daniel is the light. And I was like, Daniel's the light? What the hell is that supposed to mean? But uh, so I, th I found out later. But uh, at the end of that, when I went out of the room, when they were out there, they were in a conversation. They turned around. And I said, hey, you got all that information. They said, yeah, but there's a problem. And I was like, what do you mean there's a problem? He said, well, we can get that thing to spit out a word or two. 
but it never says sentences, Mr. Jackson. I said, oh, but it was cool, right? And he's like, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> you know what they did? They got out of my front lawn. The whole team quit and didn't want to come back to my house. Because they, they told me, they said it takes usually 10 or 15 houses to get the information they got from one house, my house. They wow. were freaked out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was, but I had all those experiences and, but the, they witnessed all of it and they were like, holy shit. <laughs> it turned out it wasn't the house. It's me. But, uh, but yeah, I've had, I have those experiences all the time. I see spirit all day, all night. This was Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson with Dr. Simeon Hine in part one of Mirror Matter, Cryptids, and Other Realities. For more information about Dr. Hine, visit his website at www.mountbaldy.com. Other details about him and his institute and books are in the description. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time on Beyond the Veil with Daniel Jackson.